Let's do it. All right. Um, for eons, their knees and toes were hidden from you, out of sight. But they've always existed and are now visible in the podcast known as Trapped Under Plastic. These are not Christmas socks. These are Mountain Dew socks. Are you going to do your intro thing? Trapped Under Plastic. <laughs> The miniature painting podcast that moves backwards and forwards in time. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> we, we, uh, we have the ability to change chronologically how the future will be via the past. That's like Tenet. Items going through time in reverse. Yeah. Because entropy has been reversed. Man, this is Man. science. Yeah. This is a science podcast. This is where you come for science, right? Science enthusiasts. Yeah. We should get Goobs up in here. Make this real science. Well, yeah, because Goobs is science, apparently. Yeah, Goobs is many painting science. It's science. <laughs> Maybe we keep saying it. It'll become <laughs> more official. That's to say. All right, we got free of a ramble today. And then there's some more things in addition to my Mountain Dew socks. He said he was going to wear them, and he did. In my mouth. Okay. Someone doubted you in the comments. They, they said, we'll see next we'll episode. See. I don't know why you would doubt it. I mean, yeah. Come on. Actually, that person was the catalyst of me wearing them. Because I saw that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, like, I was like, oh, fuck you then. Okay. I'll show you. And I was halfway out the door this morning when I'm like, oh, I forgot the Mountain Dew socks. I ran back upstairs, put on the Mountain Dew socks. My wife's, wife's like, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, the Mountain Dew socks. <laughs> Someone was also very upset that I was not using my Gatorade bottle. Gatorade bottle's back. Oh, God. But I'm like, going to pour the water into this little trapped in a plastic mug. This is a nice little mug. Muggy mugs. Uh, this Mountain Dew Zero Sugar, which is both refreshing and energizing. Um, <laughs> it reminds me of a, a, something that probably could go in the news, but instead it'll go in preamble ramble. It's officially June. You know what that means, Scott? What happens in June? Mountain Dew Hard. Is coming to the state oh, of Minnesota. Oh, right. Cause the person in uh, Woodman's told you. No, no, no. Somebody, a goody PP on the Trapped Under Plastic Facebook group made a whole post with the picture of the Mountain Dew hard logo saying, here's the official statement for Mountain Dew that is coming to Minnesota. <laughs> the people demand an answer. It's like, they're outside with their little signs and it's like, goody peepees demand do <laughs> have you had this have you tried it i have not okay so we don't know if it's good or not yeah we'll do a taste test okay. i'll buy all of them okay we'll get ripped okay, okay okay um so it's coming and coming in june coming here in june to the state of minnesota hopefully to wherever you are in the world you get it soon as well probably not in england because i didn't find a single can bottle or fountain machine that had mountain dew in the entire goddamn island poor bastards I was sad in kind of going through withdrawals. <laughs> there was a point like halfway through day two where I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. <laughs> There's no Mountain Dew here. You should have put that on your rider. Mm. I need I need zero sugar Mountain Dew. You think Games Workshop gives a fuck about my rider? <laughs> I don't know. Probably not. No, not at all. Okay, so we got some, uh, we got some, what do you call them? Preamble rambles. We have one. I'll, I'll start us off here. Okay, so okay. I have kind of rediscovered a snack. And I've already told you about this. Yogurt covered raisin. Sounds yeah. like an old person snack. Yeah. Or like a little kid snack. But man, is it so good. It's so good. I've had yogurt covered raisin for a long time. So gonna, I remember liking them. Okay. I'm going to refresh your memory. I'm going to tell a story. Okay. I bought a pound of these from Lunds and Byerly's, which is like a local grocery store here in Minnesota. And I ate like... Oh, so good. I know that they're, kind of, they're super sweet. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I bought a pound. I ate like half of it. And then uh, one day we forgot to close the gate in their basement and Bullet ate a half a pound 
of <laughs> yogurt covered raisins. And grapes are like toxic for dogs. Yes, they are. And so we like made her like throw up. But like she was like acting super strange, and so we had to go to the emergency vet like at 11 p.m. on like oh, no. a weeknight, and uh, we like had her. We, we gave her active charcoal, which like helps toxins. Yeah, and uh, it. yeah, and we gave her uh, like yeah. Have you ever had your dog like have like a like oh injection of like uh, like liquid to help with uh, dehydration? I have not. So no, both my dogs have had this. They have like they get like a little camel like hump on them it's not super big but it's like a bump of liquid that they, they absorb and get rehydrated oh so she got that so is that to like help flush it all out to exactly. pee it all out okay and then she got uh like some nausea medication but she was like kind of messed up for like i don't know two or three days oh, she was a little woozy and yeah weak. that's a great uh great thing you probably walk Freaking into the emergency blood. vet and they're like what happened you're like uh, yogurt cover raisins. <laughs> <laughs> she got into my raisin supply. That's like those are delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. I would eat them as well. <laughs> Bullet. All right, I have a, a taste test as well. This is from Goody PP Alex. Uh, he is an active watcher of the show, and he started out by messaging me and saying, "I apologize that you didn't get to fully experience the greatness that is England food." He's from England. England food. England food. That's that's what he said to me. <laughs> totally, Alex. Alex's words, not mine. I'm just throwing his guy under the bus right now. And so he's like, "I'm going to send you something." I'm like, "All right." It arrived, and I'm like, "Alex, I'm going to have to experience this for the first time with Scott live on Trapped Under Plastic because I feel like this needs to be cataloged for all times." Is it candy? It's Marmite. Oh, God. <laughs> what are we going to eat it with? I brought crackers. Oh, oh. Okay, great. I thought we were just going to mainline it. Oh, fuck no. I got wheat thins and I got club crackers. Okay. By the way, are, are you a club cracker fan? Sure, yeah. I'm club done. cracker. The buttery, salty club cracker. Mm. Fuck. It's just like a, it's a, it's a institution. Yeah, I fucks with it. I fucks with it. Okay, so I thought maybe we'd do try one each or whatever. And he said... <laughs> Don't put too much on. Yeah. And that immediately scared me. Yeah. Okay, so let's do the smell test first. So for Marmite, if you don't know what Marmite is, because I didn't, it is yeast extract. Yeah, like yeast? it like collects at the bottom of like a barrel of some other substance, right? I don't know, but it's my wife told me it's fungus. Okay. And so that's how it eats. Probably good for the gut then. Like if, like yeast eats sugars yes. and then releases gas. It, farts yeah and that's how bread yeast, is made yeast farts yeah so we're eating the yeast you should farts. you should okay. go to great can, british baking show and be like i'm making my bread with yeast farts <laughs> <laughs> all right first smell okay i can fucking smell from here some like fucking shitty dog food <laughs> it's got a real meaty smell oh uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's not what i'd call a good smell yeah it's kind of like soy saucy dog food okay yeah. yeah 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 like canned dog food with soy sauce in we're it. starting we're starting off good here. all right all right i'm gonna give us each a so little i like little. how he was like i'm sad you didn't get to experience real english food taste that's too much that's too much dude. that's too much dude it's got the consistency of like laffy taffy <laughs> yeah. but yeah he was, uh, he was like he, he was sad for us and then he sent us this i think he's i think he's fucking with us i know he is yeah i feel like give me less than that <laughs> bro bro you need a you need a fucking man up here <laughs> okay it's not about manning up it's about eating the right amount okay so mine has got twice as much as scott's okay that's that, he's I mean, gonna, he's that, gonna that, that that's your own fault you know the other thing is that 
I have Mountain Dew to wash it down. You got water. So you're just going to have yeast farts and water in your mouth. I got Mountain Dew. Yeast farts. It, it like totally cleanses the palate. Okay, ready on three, two, one. Clink it. Too late. Oh, I put it on my tongue. Okay. I get it. I get it. You have too much. <laughs> I have too much. You have too much. But like when you have a small amount. It's like a flavor blaster, right? <laughs> I could totally see you taking that and putting it in like a soup or something like that. Actually. To like amp it up. Yeah, it would actually be good for a broth. Yeah, a little umami bami. It is. A, oh, my God. That was too much. Yeah. Mine was actually mine was actually pretty good. I'm, I'm going to do. We're going to do a little break here in the podcast while we eat more Marmite. Okay. Uh, no, we're going to do Wheat Thins because, God damn, Wheat Thins, right? Wheat Thins are amazing. They are. I love the ranch variety. Oh, I've never had other flavors of wheat thins. Yes, I'm just a. Guess I'm, I'm just a tidy whiteies <laughs> kind of guy. You get fucking more than me this time, bitch. <laughs> no, dude, I made the right choice. You made the wrong choice. Right, I've given myself a good heaping spoonful as well. It's not that much. It's thin. It's thin. Okay, do it. Yeah, a bit much. Okay, I'm like, this is a tiny jar. But now, I'm like, this jar will last my entire fucking life. It will. That is so... I'm throwing this fucking knife away you got in some, a fire. You got some yeast farts, uh, congealed yeast farts on your knuckle there, but Look it up. Oh, God, that was too much. I mean, this is not turning into Good Mythical Morning where we just eat stupid food in our podcast. We're trying. It? We're trying, though. That's. I mean, we're giving it a good college try. Um... <laughs> Okay. I wouldn't recommend Marmite necessarily. I, I I guess, and I hear it's an acquired taste. Like if you're a you're a kid growing up and you had like Marmite on toast and stuff, mm. like that's a thing. Yeah, definitely. And it was not actually as bad as I thought it was going to be. Like if you had a big old goobs on there, <laughs> it would be horrendous. I mean, it'd be like taking chicken stock, like the thick stuff that you like mix with water and just eating that straight. Yeah, better than bouillon? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. It it it'd be just way too much. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I could I, I would eat that probably. I fucks with it. I fucks with it. Yeah. Marmite? We fucks with it. All right. So that's that, uh that's new, our rating. New uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really it's a one or a zero. Do, you, <laughs> yeah. do we fucks with it or do we not? <laughs> yeah. And we do. Uh I I don't hate it. I think I'm going to find a good use for that. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to find something and I'll share it on a future preamble ramble. And uh, if you have a terrible food that you want us to try live and trapped under plastic, uh, keep them ideas to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Don't send them our way. Uh, one more we, preamble we, yeah, you topic. emailed Canes. What's going on here? Yeah. Okay. So I sent you a message the other night and I was sitting at my computer. You know, sometimes when you're like, you're, you're like super productive for a day and you're like, okay, I'm going to go make supper tonight. I got like 15 minutes till I make supper. I'm like, ah, I don't have anything that I can get done in 15 minutes. I'm like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to email Canes. Mm. And so I sent him a long ass email. Yeah. And if you go through the Canes website, there's no logical place to like send them a, a message to like PR, marketing, you know, online presence, blah, blah, blah. It's only through like customer feedback. Okay. So I'm like, I explained who we are as <laughs> if they didn't know <laughs> and uh, why we need to work together. Yeah. I made an argument as to why Trapped Under Plastic and Canes should really be considered one in the same synergy yes it's all it's it's got electrolytes so <laughs> um so that's why 
That's why plants love it. So that's why I thought that it would be just logical. And I, I shared with them our information. I explained our routine. You're being serious, though? Yeah, I was serious. Okay, yeah. And I'm like, I, I love to just like have a conversation. I'm like, look, I know what you're probably saying. These guys are already giving us free marketing. True. We do not hold the power in this conversation. But that's why I'm coming to you <laughs> with one love, right? Yeah, yeah. One love. One love. Which is the tendies. Yeah. I explained tendies. I had like a paragraph explaining tendies to them. <laughs> why? <laughs> because I think they need to know how intrinsic it is to who we are. Did you share that song? Sucking on my tendies? Oh, I did not. I did not share sucking on my tendies. Shucking on my tendies would be a a different song. Yeah. It'd be tendies of the ocean. Imagine tendies that grew in like a cornfield and you just shucked them and they fried tendies inside. And when you shucked them, they'd be steaming and ready to go. Yeah. So you thought shucked, you thought of corn, which is the logical thing based on where we are. In the like the grain belt, yeah. What did what I did thought of oysters? Ah, uh, you also shuck oysters. You do, but like shucking an oyster and shucking an ear of corn are two entirely different processes. I mean, they're kind of the same thing. You're peeling an exterior to get to a delicious interior. I guess. I guess. I, I want. I want one of those cool shucking knives to shuck oh, my yeah. corn, though. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, that doesn't work the same. It does not. Anyway. Anyway. I sent that about three days ago. Uh, the next day, I received an email back, but it was a generic one. <laughs> it was an automated reply. It was like a fucking automated reply. <laughs> it was like, uh, Keynes is, uh, prides itself on being active in their community and supporting community outreach. And for all, you know, I was like, fuck, that's not what I'm trying to talk about here, guys. <laughs> Your question is important to us. We'll yeah, respond exactly. in three business days. Exactly. You know, if we, f- it said, you know, something on the bottom, like if we feel this, uh, a partnership with, within our community would be valuable, we will respond to you. And I was like, oh, it said that? Yeah, yeah, it was the automated thing, but at the bottom. But it also felt like there was there was also another attachment to basically like ask for money or like tendy bucks or something for like your fundraiser or your whatever community thing. I'm like, that's okay. not what I'm trying to do, Keynes. So I think what I need to do, they had a phone number on that response thing. I was like, I need to fucking call them. <laughs> Listen, here. We need to talk business. Where's your business manager? I just want free fried chicken. <laughs> That's really all That's I want. It. All I want is I want somebody um, in a Keynes uniform to kind of walk in and they'd come in behind you on the set and they'd set down Keynes here and they'd have the uniform and the hat and they say, one love, and then they leave. <laughs> <laughs> That's really all I'm asking for. I have a confession. Yep. I've cheated on you a bit. No! Dude, I've eaten canes like twice this week already. Maybe like twice or three times the previous week as well. Look, I really rediscovered how delicious canes was with ordering at the restaurant, at the one in Stadium Village. And then with, going there. And going there with extra crispy fries and bobsaw bread. It is Dude. fucking delicious. The The canes we had last episode was the best canes I've had in my life. Okay. okay. And it may just be that it, I consider it the best canes I've had in my life because it's the first canes I've had in restaurant for like two years yeah. or longer yeah. since the last time we did it in person, which was prior to the pandemic. So yeah. that uh, re- reignited. We don't have to go there. We can no. do something else. What? We can go somewhere no, else. No, I, wa- I, I want to sh- go. They gave me a shitty automated response. I want. Oh, you want to spite them? <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, hey, you know what I'm feeling like today? Fucking Popeye's. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'd go. I would eat it again. I'd eat. I'd eat it three times. I don't care. Watch me. I don't care. <laughs> Bring that Marmite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <right. laughs>
No, I don't want to ruin my canes no, with that no, Marmite. No. Maybe chip a, dip a little French fry in that Marmite. Maybe, yeah. I feel like whatever I put with that would be like, that's a worse version of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making it worse. Just, I don't know what I'm doing. But I think you're right with the umami, maybe Asian broth style. Like I could, I could fuck with that because I make my own homemade ramen for lunch. Like I'm, I'm trying to cut back, but because it's not good for me but i, I think i'm gonna try it i'm gonna try it it's okay. gonna it's gonna ruin my whole fucking pot of ramen i'm gonna yeah. be pissed <laughs> thanks alex you dick <laughs> so well, all that's, right that's, that's the end of the preamble ramble yeah that was a long one it was a long one that's but okay. that's, we're, we're indulging ourselves right now we're really just having fun being on this set yeah we did get a little feedback about the set yeah uh, a fair number of people fair number of goody peepees didn't like the set because we don't seem like two nerds in the basement anymore I think it's a vocal minority. I think people are always going to be resistant to change. Yeah. People are like, fuck polar bears. I don't care if they all <laughs> fucking fall off their tiny little igloo things. What the fuck? Icebergs. Okay. Icebergs are melting. Like, you know, there's those people out there. But it's like, that's not most people. But anyway, I, I, we're, we're, we're in the midst. We're going to maybe tweak things a little bit. It's not much. You know, we're, we're still talking to each other. Yeah. We did angle the chairs more. So we're, but we, you know, the, the leg room thing is a, is an issue. Yeah. Otherwise he gets, he gets my fucking <sighs> dew socks all over his kneecaps. Gosh, he's petting my knee with his dew sock right now. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we got little tweaks, but it's this, we're happy. Yeah. And if we're happy. That's all that matters. <laughs> you, you better be happy. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, okay, let's get on to what we painted. Is that next? God yes. damn it, I got it right. You did. Well, okay, it's Scott, last, last episode, we personally hadn't painted anything since no. the prior episode, so that's changing now, right? Yeah, I'm back on the horse, baby. I'm back on the horsey horse. First, I'm painting in, like, I don't know, two weeks. Okay. Started, started, like, two days ago, painting this bus called The Doctor from Mindwork Games. Um, the Doctor. Kind of reinterpreting what a doctor looks like a bit. So... I knew I wanted to give her green hair and yellow eyes because I wanted her to be a little bit weird. I kind of wanted her to be like the nurse that administers like the death punishment like serum. You know, like she's walking out with this fucking vial of death juice. And she's just like, yeah, she's basically, yeah, she's, she's a medical executioner. Right. Okay. So I wanted her to look kind of evil. And so I was like, I'm going to give her green hair. It's going to stand out from the typical white and red hospital garb. And I'm like, it's, it's very sour apple green. Yes. Um, then I was like, I'm kind of, I want to re-envision hospital colors. And so I'm making it ochre and like this camo green. Um, I'm going to riffing on green and yellow. And then this entire model, I'm going to try to make it not look a clown car. Um, yeah. Okay. Obviously the hair is clown car. It's supposed to be like dyed kind of punky. Um, cause I, I, I mean, I imagine this universe, which is called diners at the end of the galaxy to be kind of like, you know, kind of like cyberpunky. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, the aesthetic, for the design of her outfit totally fits that where it's almost like a neo cyberpunk where it's not a dystopian cyberpunk yeah you know and i'm gonna the gloves are eventually gonna be the same color as her like scarf thing it's kind of more of like a cream not a yellow so she's carrying like a vial or like a big like a space fishbowl yeah is what i call it sure yeah space fishbowl and uh what is going to be in there that's the big question yeah so you could paint it like it's a clear thing right that would yes you could it's so gigantic though that'd be very challenging yeah you have to actually i imagine something sloshing or being in some suspended in some kind of a fluid in there that's mm. what i envision that would be very hard because you're right because it's so big and you, as you 
twist it for that thing to still keep its three dimensions. Right. Um, so I don't know what to do. I, I, I didn't plan on making it translucent. I planned it. I plan on making it like opaque and putting like either a syringe on it or like a syringe with like a skull on it or like some kind oh. of like caution line, something like that. Yeah. Using it as a storytelling method for what kind of doctor she is. Yeah. Cause like, like that. If I'm not using red and white. It's not very obvious that she's a doctor. And so like, I have to have other things like symbols that will help people to know that she is a doctor of sorts. Yeah. I mean, she's got the, what are the stethoscope? She's got a stethoscope. Yes. Um, but that's really it. So mm-hmm. you're right. That's something on the front of her shirt that gives some kind of a, a symbolism for yeah. being in medicine. And then that thing, those are your kind of two places. Yes. I like that. What do you think she, of the yellow eyes? I, oh, I uh, that, yeah, she's winking. She's yeah. winking. I don't like that. She's winking. I think it's weird because her face is not shaped like she's winking. Do you know how to wink with one eye without moving the yeah. muscles? Yeah, your cheek, your, your cheek, cheek goes up. up. Yeah, and there's pinches. Yeah, she doesn't have the pinches. Maybe I need to paint in some pinches. Oh, baby, that would be a good idea. Um, the yellow eye is fucking rad as hell. It makes me think that she is, in fact, a doctor you don't want to fucks with. I know, dude. Yeah, she's like, I don't trust any of your medical advice, dude. Yeah, I, I love a bad bitch. So yeah, she's. Yeah, it, it, the face is great. Thank you. I, I, I had a little beauty mole. I saw that. I saw that. Light placement's great. Uh, you have definition through shadows without. It's very. You have yes. to be a lot softer with the, with the female shower me lines and shadows because otherwise it, it can look pretty fugly pretty quick. Yeah. And you sent a picture earlier on, or maybe I just looked at it from looking at your uh, your Patreon message or something, but. It wasn't softened yeah. to this level yet. And I was like, ooh, Scott, she's a little ugly. <laughs> yeah, she's a little ugly. And now she's not. Yeah, thank you, you. You worked it. I'm really having a lot of fun painting female faces. Ever since I did that like research about makeup, mm-hmm. um, which I put in a video that you can watch, um, I've been just like enjoying painting females like way more than males. This is a lot of fun. You can I tell like you makeup. definitely improved at it. You're, you're Thank good. Thank you. Yeah, you give her like green eyeshadow and like black like eyeliner. It's like so much yeah, fun. the black the the black eyeliner stuff is really cool. Yeah, you sent that picture of that one like character who had like kind of like veins around her eyes that were like really dark and like yeah. interesting. It's key. It's creepy. It's creepy. It's All right, creepy. that's me. What'd you paint? Um, okay, I painted two things, and I just messaged them to you on Facebook Messenger, so you can look at them right now because mm. I forgot to bring them again. Okay. Uh, I painted, so I did a video on our trip to Broken Anvil. So I cataloged just kind of our experience there. And doing that, I also, I stole one, actually stole two of their models while I was there. <laughs> and I painted one of the models that I stole. It was from Rivenstone, which is the dwarf hammer man. He is the something smith. Hammer man. I claim his name as... Hammer King. <laughs> and uh, so how they have them painted up for their army, which we got to see their like official fancy pictures of their display army. They're very clean. They're very, it really goes with their aesthetic of their, um, their sculpts. They're very clean and a lot of really sharp lines, well-defined um, planes. And I was like, these dwarves, they, instead of like riding horses or carriages or whatever, they ride these giant drills and they like go underground and they have this whole like civilization underground. They ain't going to be clean. No, they're dirty ass dwarves. They're in the dirt, dude. Yeah. So I painted him 
just nasty, dirty, ready to smash some skulls with his stone hammer, mm. dwarf. And I had a lot of fun with that. That was a uh, painted him in three steps. It was like, how do you want to paint for either an army or your um, uh, just a war band or get a bunch of stuff done for for D and D or for whatever quickly, um, but still kind of pull your punches at the where it's not necessary and then accent the parts of it that are you know really impactful and so it just took a couple hours to paint them a little airbrush osl on these gems on the back uh yep nice. yep the fluorescent i used the recipe that they use for their fluorescent ribbon stone um and it's not as clean i could gone back in with more steps of bringing back the purple and the shadows and define things a little bit more but at the tabletop <clears throat> it looked pretty cool do they uh they use golden soul flat like fluorescent pink yep okay Yep, and I didn't because I don't have that color, but I used the golden high flow, same color fluorescent mm. pink. It's so, not glossy? No. Okay. The, the high flow stuff, certain colors are, like there's a really beautiful like sienna um, slash sepia color I just love, mm. obviously. Um, and that <laughs> one is quite shiny. Why is that obvious? Because I... I do everything in, in CPU. Oh, right. Yeah. You My like favorite colors. You like warm colors. Yeah. Um, uh, also, it's funny that we talk about that because I'm working on something to do with paint. I'll share more information when I can share it. Dude, I don't even know what he's talking about right yeah, now. Yeah. I'll tell you more details later. And I had to pick six colors for this uh, paint thing. And they're all fucking warm colors. And I was like, God damn it, Scott. I blame you for this. <laughs> self-filling prophecy yes um so i did i painted him and then i instead of uh painting i did a good amount of hobby time with kit bashing something yes so there's a new chaos knights uh, army box and so they've got they have the new big chaos knight model and included are the new two of the new models called war dogs and war dogs are like the armagers from the Imperium side. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're like smaller knights. Um, I just, there's aspects of them I like, but there are certain aspects of them I just hate. <laughs> and so what I did was like, I'm gonna make a version of what I think a war dog really should look like. Like I want him to be nasty, evil, badass, scary as shit. If a space marine troop comes across this thing running at him, they're, they're gonna be, PP in in their spacesuits. Yeah, <laughs> PP in. Um, so one of the big things that I had to do with this was I had to, to completely disassemble everything from the hips down. Yeah. So the hips, all the leg joints, all the joints on the toes were completely cut apart and then reassembled to actually feel like something that has uh, organic movement to it. Okay. Because the problem is with so many of the robots in Games Workshop universe, they work on like this unilateral plane where the hip joint only goes straight forward. <laughs> yeah. There's no rotation to it. Yeah. And it's so much less dynamic, so much less cool, so much less intimidating if you don't move with that. So that was where I started. And that probably took like six hours to build up from there. And I also, the other main components is a uh, creature caster has kind of like their own version, same scale, of these war dogs that they recently released. So I bought those and I bought, and I from Games Workshop received the uh, war dogs and I basically did the best of both worlds and, and 
made my own versions of, of it. So Okay. And this is the first time I've done, and we'll talk about this in the after party of new things we tried. I'm going to talk more about all the green stuff work that I did on this thing. Yeah. It's, it looks really awesome. And earlier, before we were recording, you mentioned how you were proud of it, but you felt like you shouldn't feel proud of it or like you didn't deserve to be proud of it or something like that? Yeah, because it's like it's not painted. Um, oh, who cares? And so, but like... I also don't know because I've never really like I've I've kit bashed I've thrown stuff together to make a new thing before but I've never really like I don't want to say full ball sack but like a good amount of sack into really trying to, to to sculpt something unique yeah. and different yeah and and kind of like it doesn't look like a mishmash because a lot of my other stuff it looks like it's a hobbled mishmash and it can still look cool and look that way but to like actually I want it to look like if you prime this whole thing you'd think this was a kit. Yeah. That's the first time I've done that. And I'm really proud of so much of it. Um, also, the time flew in doing this. I did took me a little over two days, but each of the first two days were like 12 hours straight. Dang, dude. And because I just lost track of time. I was just I was like thinking about the next thing and looking at bits and running through my bits box and like repositioning things and using poster tack to uh, put things together and try to get the assembly right. And... Um, a lot of uh, armature underneath with paper clips to keep things feeling like there was the right level of movement when the joints wouldn't glue cleanly. Like um, I added extra length on the biceps so the arms felt like they had kind of like a more sizable, intimidating shape and more motion that I could create with them other than just kind of being like stuck in and just like these little tiny things that little just T-Rex had unattached. Yeah. That's the other thing I don't like about those smaller, both the Imperial ones and these chaos ones, the arm length is too small before you get to the weapon. Um, and so I extended that by, you know, close to 50%. I can see that. I think it's a really good kit bash. Um, I love the little skull peeking out of like the winding cables or is that intestine or whatever it is. Yeah. So there's a, so the chest there is from the creature caster kit yeah. and where the head attaches. So if you see where that neck is sucked into his chest, that's where the head's supposed to go. So I put the head, like I, I uh, poster tack the head in that hole and I'm like, this looks freaking stupid. <laughs> chest face. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay. Uh, this is like Krang, and he's the inside of the <laughs> robot. Um, and so I'm like, how do I, I – so I physically just like put the head up underneath the, the overhang thing. And I'm like, this looks really cool. Push it up. How do I get it there? Mm-hmm. How do I make it so that head is where I want it to be? And so it's instead of having the idea of – oh, I have this cool idea of this like robotic coil of neck that can just like make the head move all over the place okay so it's actually off of the body it's off the body like an inch oh dang it's totally pushed away and it's hard it's one of those things like you can't tell i'll have you you need to see it in 360 to see all of that but it's basically a big coiled like c shape where it's connected into the neck and then it coils up and around while moving forward so the neck is is pushing out and curling around okay and so the head is floating out there almost like those um what are those little things called the little tiny robots in, in 40k that they're the skull head and they have little, like wires coming down from them there's a name oh, for servitor uh, servitor yeah yeah it's like it's almost has a servitor aesthetic so it i was like i want this to feel games workshop as well and so that aesthetic almost to me felt like it's in that same universe mm-hmm. and so 
yeah. And so that was a paperclip as well. So I got the shape. I figured out what I wanted to do. And then I just took a needle nose pliers and, and twisted it how I wanted it, got it in, reformed it, and then glued it in. And then I st it was in exactly the posi position I wanted. And then I had to slowly build up with green stuff to fill out the mass and then do the little coils and everything. I popped in little skulls in there. So there's like human-sized skulls from the this GW skulls box that they're like poking out of the coils. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're going to paint it like a night lord thing. I don't know actually. So I, I'm definitely going to paint this. Um, I actually, when I was like done with it, I'm like, God, I'd fucking love to paint this for golden demon because this thing would catch fucking eyes, but I can't, I can't. The only way I could maybe do it would be an open because it's too many parts oh. of another non games workshop kit. Yeah. And so I'm like, damn, now I almost kind of wish I would use all game workshop stuff. But honestly, so many aspects of the, the that creature caster kit I like more than the game's workshop kit. So it was cool to like take the parts of each that I really enjoyed and make the version that I wanted to make. But okay. so what I'm going to do as part of the video, and the video should be out by the time this is live, is I'm going to ask um, the viewers. One, in the Chaos Knight uh, book, there's all the tons of different paint things i'm like which from a chaos knight army which one do you think is coolest or your own ideas dude paint it like um, a night lord thing why, why would you not do that because then you can use it for your army and it looks all cool together and stuff I know, but like he's the name is a war dogs so it's like the night lords come across this thing they're scavengers right maybe they haven't got to the spray paint step yet they're like take it to battle they're like katinch katinch and he comes in all right like, all right if you're cool with that you know or maybe like like they just draw on their symbols but it's a different color yeah or maybe it's all still rusted out and it's just like you know i don't know man now i'm experiencing that hobby emotion right now where like everything in my army needs to look the same yeah. you know that that but like you know if you look at a typical army that's not really how it necessarily works no it doesn't have to to make it feel uniform there could right. be a certain aspect to it or a color or even the how much you choose to weather it or the level of edge highlighting you do there's all these like little things that don't have to do with color that can make things feel the same mm -hmm. but um yeah i would totally use him in in my Night Lord's army as well. You're assuming that I'm fucking going to play a game, but yeah, that's, that's good <laughs> I mean, they look nice in the display cabinet, I guess. That's true. If, I, if I, Ikea ever comes back in stock with their glass cabinets I think fucking ever. You got you to gotta put like a watch on it. I do. I have an email alert, and the email alert uh, falls off every three months. They email you saying your email alert falls off. You need to go back in and re-sign up again. I've done that five times. <laughs> They've never had them in stock. <laughs> I'm so fucking livid because I have half the shit to make my whole wall of display cabinets and a new backdrop for my studio, and I just can't make it because it's, just, it's like half empty. So I kind of want to do what Vince did, where he like just got legit cabinets from like a jewelry supply store or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's also a good idea. Yeah, but anyway, that's my long-winded version of of what I worked on this week. Today's podcast is brought to you by the folks over at Broken Anvil. All right, listen up, goody peepees. Broken Anvil is coming at us like a spider monkey all hopped up on Mountain Dew, and they're going to advertise two things today. First off, their new miniature skirmish game, Rivenstone. We've gotten to play Rivenstone a few times now, and it really is an awesome skirmish game. It has the best combination of quick-to-learn and speedy gameplay with a great amount of depth and strategy. Now, I know what you're saying. John and Scott, I missed out on supporting the Kickstarter for Rivenstone, so what am I to do? Well, I've got good news. You can still sign up to receive notifications about late pledges once those are available. They might be available now. If not, they're going to be available really soon. You simply have to go over to RivenstoneGame.com and sign up, and they will shoot you a message when it's ready for those late pledges. 
Second point of order, you can also support Broken Anvil team by subscribing to their Patreon, Broken Anvil Monthly. For just $9 dues a month, you'll receive over 20 printable models based around that month's theme. And the artists and sculptors over at Broken Anvil are second to none. They never cease to amaze me with the quality of the unique models that they create each month. This month, they're showing off Skies over Dymore, which features Hobgoblins, Cloud Elves, Sky Dwarves, and so much more. BrokenAnvilMinis.com, RibbonstoneGame.com, Patreon.com slash BrokenAnvil. These wily little primates all hopped up on the dew are taking over the internet. Now, let's get back to the episode. This topic is brought to us by a patron, Michael Broadwater. As a patron, you can submit topics for us to discuss, and he had a great conversation if there could be a miniature painting tv show of any variety what would it look like what would the format be who would the host be and yeah. why is it alton brown <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so i saw this topic uh that michael sent in and i was like damn i think I've, i think we've, we've probably even talked about it briefly before yeah but i've thought about this because i love me a good reality show that's mm. skill-based. Mm. And so I would give some examples and see if you've watched any of these, if any of the goody peepees are familiar with this. British Baking Show Absolutely. is kind of the the founder. The thing about British Baking Show... Wait, the founder of what? Of, of like the skill-based reality show. What about Iron Chef? Not America, Iron Chef. Um, yes. Well, I guess... But Iron Chef is all one-offs. Yeah, and also a British Baking Show has been around for a very long time. It has. Yeah. Okay. I don't I, I'm guessing Iron Chef has been around longer, but I'm not sure. But it's more I'm thinking more in the frame of British Baking Show than the one off nature of Iron Chef. Reoccurring guests. The version of Iron Chef that is more in, akin to this is Top Chef. I haven't seen that one. You've never seen Top Chef? Oh, no. I fucking love Top Chef, dude. <laughs> Top Chef is amazing. It is like British Baking Show, but good. <laughs> hey, I like British Baking Show. British Baking show? show is so fucking dry. It's interesting, and I enjoy it, but it is it is quite dry. It's 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 more the English version of things, more subdued, less yeah. drama, less high. It's very quaint. Yeah, there's their level of stress in a given challenge always feels like it caps out at about a six and iron <laughs> chef is more like an eight or a nine or top chef excuse me is eight or nine uh other examples ink master you ever watch ink master no okay ink master is tattoo artist yeah and that's one that really i like you get a lot when we're thinking about miniature painting because that is true art mm -hmm. next one is project runway you ever watch project runway no project runway is phenomenal I used to watch Project Runway with my wife years ago, back when we like just had like basic cable. And Hold like, on, what is this show? It's uh, fashion. Design. Okay, okay. So it's also not very dissimilar to miniature painting, and it's about coming up with an aesthetic and design and the right fabric and the right cut and all these different uh, fashion designers have totally different like moods and how they make stuff. Things mm -hmm. that really over the course of a season, like you will find that like if you didn't know when that look is coming down the runway you'll know the designer <laughs> and you'll know who designed it like they have an aesthetic they have a whatever and yeah no definitely and their fucking personalities are crazy apparently if you're a fashion designer you you're either like batshit crazy introvert or way over the top crazy extrovert okay. they're like one or the other every personality is wild very polarizing so, yeah and and this is very timely because we recently found that on Hulu, they have Project Runway Junior, which is kids, 
age 13 to 17. And so we've been watching that with my daughter and nice. she loves it. So I'm kind of back in that. Those are the big ones that I can think of. Can you think of any others oh, yeah. in those vein or out? For sure. Uh, Cutthroat Kitchen comes to mind. Oh, yeah. I Sometimes I kind of get angry with shows that kind of get in the way of the process. Sure. Like I like cooking. I like cooking like media. I like watching YouTube videos, reading recipes, watching game shows and stuff. But like the whole point of Cutthroat Kitchen is that it imposes artificial like limitations and challenges on you to make the cooking more difficult. Mm. Um, same with that other one where chopped chops. Yeah. So it's kind of annoying to see that. Cause I, I wanted to see the person who's good at the thing, do the thing they're good at. Right. Um, but like gamifying it in that way would definitely work for like a miniature hobby esque show. Right. 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 But, um, other ones I had to, uh, I had to do some game show research because okay. I don't watch a lot of game shows. Sure. Um, and maybe we're kind of like, I'm kind of like already getting into the ideas for shows. Maybe I should just stop. But yeah, Cutthroat was the first one that came to mind. Yeah, Cutthroat and Chopped. Chopped. Like there's there's an aspect of all of these that each different challenge um, has its own focus, its own its parameters, spin, yeah. its own different aspect of it. And so I think now before we dig into the, the meat and potatoes of that, mm. we should outline the basic um, structure of the show. Okay. Okay. Here's what I'm thinking. You tell me if you think differently. We start with 12 miniature artists. Okay. By 12, uh, you'll find out in a moment. Okay. Each episode, there is a challenge. What the challenge is really will change. It yeah, should but always be different. What? So, okay, here's my problem with this idea just from the get-go. With food, you can make a meal in... 30 minutes or an hour, right? Mm -hmm. With mini painting, you obviously can't do that. So are these challenges all paint a miniature or are they different challenges? Um, they're, they would, majority would be paint a miniature. Okay. How, just like Ink Master, they're always doing a tattoo, but there's a different, like a, a twist on it or different aesthetic or you've got a different, there they have like different clients, right? And working with the struggles of, with the client, their canvas is what they call them. Um, but, the time frame, because you're not dealing with we need to make a thing and have it serve it till you eat it, it can fluctuate. And that's a, a variable in the show that you can play with. So one of the challenges could very well be this is a uh, Space Marine speed painting challenge. You only have two hours for this challenge. Okay. Um, and then another one could be it's a skin tone bus challenge. You have two full days. Right. So it, you can play with time as a variable to determine the most wide array of skill sets to make the best all around mini painter. So it's not just, I am really, really good at painting this kind of thing and this kind of style and this kind of timeline. It's no, if you are the ink master, you're able to be flexible and to do all these things because you're the most well-rounded. So the premise of the show is to find the best overall mini painter. And that means you have to go through the gauntlet of all these different challenges that push you on such a wide array of skills. Just mini painter. I mean, there's there certainly will be a, a kit bash. Yeah, a kit bash one, or like a like sculpt a skull. You know, like just like a tiny little skull, like a twenty eight mil one. Sure. Yeah. I or mean, is just are we just talking painting? You said kit bashing. Maybe. Um, I think that that a, a kit bash one would be fun, um, where it's like. 
the amount that you do is up to you. You have two days to do the entire project, including painting it. How much do you want to put into making your space marine with all these other bits and stuff, make them look fully unique, fully mm -hmm. reposed, or are you just going to do a tiny little bit and spend more time in the painting so your final quality's got more hours in? It's all about how you choose to, you know, to have your strategy to have the best final product. What's going to make the, the judges really looky-loo? Are you going to limit the amount of time someone can spend on a project? So, like, if you give them two days, is that, like, eight hours each day? You know, or is it kind of like, I'm not going to sleep and just, like, dominate this? Yeah, like, um, for Project Runway, they have a point in time in the evening where the place closes, but it's super fucking late. Okay. It's, like, 2 a.m. Okay. Um, and then they have to get back in, but they all have to be back in there at like, I don't know what it's 7 a.m. or something oh, the next day. So you can go, I, I mean, those, those are, that's a really good question. You have X amount of time and you can only paint in the studio space because that's where all the filming is going to happen. You can't go back to like your hotel room and paint because we can't capture that. Right. Um, okay, but, good point. That, that's a good limitation right there. Right. Yeah. Everything needs to happen in the studio space. Um, how much time? Here's the other thing is from a logistic standpoint, you don't want the shoot to be going on for six months. You're not going to give them like three <laughs> days between projects. Like it's like a two day project. Somebody gets axed and then either that same day or the next day you start the next project. So there is your own internal ability to say, well, I'm going to stay up all night and do this. Well, tomorrow you're starting a new project. How much can you burn in your reserves before you fucking crash? Right. And you have a shitty ass project because you, you spend so much time, right? Yeah, you can't you can't be flying that close to the sun all show long. You'll definitely drop out early. Yeah, I mean, maybe I don't know. I don't think Vince sleeps. So if Vince was on the yeah. show, he would just. Oh, you wouldn't invite Vince. Change. He would just dominate everybody. Yes, yes. I I this is kind of jumping ahead to to judges, but I think Vince is an ideal judge. Yeah. Okay, so we have twelve people. We start with twelve people. Okay. I'll just say now why I think 12, because it allows us to hit a, a certain number that's more than one or two from the variety of regions around the world that mini painting is popular. So we can have the North America region. We can have the, and also there's kind of some styles that change as well. So the North America, you have the, the maybe I guess you'd call it Eastern European, the German uh contingent Poland stuff like that we have the Spanish and Italian painters we've got the English painters we've got the Australian painters so by the time you want to have a, a smattering of all of those you need to have a good size and also when you have more people it allows you to have more of a twist in your game where it's like boom uh when we come to judging we're actually kicking off two people today and they never knew that dun 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 you gotta build in drama into your show you got a little twists and turns mm -hmm. And so when you get to it, you get, so you do a project, our 12 do their project, and they go to the judging, and somebody's cut. You're done. You're out. You're out skis, right? Mm -hmm. But you also have a winner, the person that did the best, okay? Now- Do they get the, an advantage next week? Yeah. So early on, what they do in shows like Project Runway, in the first like five-ish, four-ish competitions, you get immunity in the next challenge. You can't get booted? You can't get booted. So it's really nice. big early on. So it's like when the crowd is thick, you go all <laughs> out, you give yourself a breather. Now, another interesting thing is what you also kind of want to do in when you have this is when you have an immunity, when you get back down to like an even number, let's say when we're down to 10, it's a team challenge. 
duos, five v five, you know, five groups of two. Then one of the groups of two, one of the person's got immunity. If that group loses, the other person is auto out because the other person can't be done. So how would a team challenge work in miniature painting when it's a sole thing? But your ability to like one person is painting one half, the other person's painting the other half, or one's painting just doing the uh, an elaborate base and the other person is just painting the model so it fits in the same environment. And so there's a lot of options with team on what's typically a, a solo activity that keeps things spicy. Okay, so if you lose as a team, do you get booted as a team? Mm-mm. Okay, good. Typically what it does is it breaks down is if you're the losing team, the judges look at who did what, what was that bigger at fault that caused them to be the losing team. Okay, good. Because yeah. I, I would hate it if someone got booted because like their partner like was just shitty, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would suck. Yes. But it can happen if somebody has immunity and that team loses. That means the other person that didn't have immunity is the uh, one that's off. Uh, There's your built-in drama. Uh, we can't lose. You had immunity and we're partners. I'm like, we can't fucking lose because I'm gone for good if, if we lose. So you get built-in drama, stress gets higher, people yell at each other. Sometimes they don't speak the same language. Okay. So who knows? Um, what you can do for uh, reward advantage for the next one as well, maybe after you, you – you don't want immunity to go all the, all the way up to the end because it can kind of – it doesn't necessarily give you a good realistic vision of who your final like top four, top five, top three should be. You can do things like, okay, for the next challenge since you won, it's going to be – a whole table full of different minis, you get the first pick of which mini you're painting. So you yeah. Can. Maybe the advantage could be like tailored to what the challenge is. Yes. So say if you have like a kit bashing thing and I just kind of imagine what, there are game shows that use like dollars and you go on like shop and stuff, right? Yeah. 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 So like the advantage is guys grocery games, exactly, bro. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you get, you get to be the first one that goes through the hobby store with like your fake 200 bucks and you get to pick out the kits you want to use for your kit bash. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so you got a cart and you, you got to spend your money. That's the thing on Project Runway is when they go shop for, for fabric at the big fancy New York fabric store, they have a budget, what they can spend. So different aspects of, of having a budget. And the, it could certainly be that one of the week's challenges is budget mini painting. I was just going to say, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, like cheap Even mini your, painting. Your paints, your, your paint, brush, your everything model. you have to pay for. Yep. You got to go through the little little John and Scott shoparoony. Yeah, you got fifty bucks. Like yeah. it's you know it's, it's it's enough to buy like a nice paintbrush. Then you're kind of fucked with everything else. So right. it's kind of like you got you got pick and choose. Right. It's like oh yeah, are you gonna get the the cheap ass already split uh, synthetic brush? <laughs> you you can choose to take sh like already used synthetic brushes. Yeah, yeah this one is free. <laughs> but good luck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then like. In the vein of like cutthroat kitchen, you could like impose that on someone. It's like I'm gonna like give this person oh, a shitty no. brush for like a for like the week or something like oh. that. That'd be so terrible. I'd That's that. how you build in drama. Yeah, I people know. just pissed at each other. I know. <laughs> you gave me this shit brush. Yeah. All right. Um, so. You hit, that's how the structure is of the show. We start with X number, I'd say 12, and at the end, you get to a final three. I usually think that three is the best the best number for the finale. If it's just two people, it's less drama. And then what they do is um, they get to go home, and they have a month, and they have to make an amazing diorama, make and paint an amazing diorama, and that's their pinnacle piece. And then they come back after a month, and we, we decide. 
Okay. It's like the pinnacle piece, right? Because it's got some aspects of sculpting, some aspects of design, some aspects of how speedily you can paint it because there's maybe a lot there. Month is not an extravagant amount of time. And the quality of, of your paint as well, Pete John. Who's filming the process? So when they go home, what they end up doing is, is you do like the film crew comes like once or twice to their house while they're in the midst of the project. So you as the audience don't even know what the final piece looks like until the final unveiling, but you get to see it in motion and what they're struggling with or, oh man, they're way far behind. It's already been two weeks and they don't even have any paint on anything or whatever. So you go visit them, then you get to see a different locale. What's their studio like? What are they painting and what kinds of their setup they use as okay. well as that. And they come back for the final reveal. Okay. So diorama is the, is the final thing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that sounds like a perfectly good TV show that I would definitely watch. I know. I, this, I, I feel like everything in me says this needs to be real. But, oh, my God, it'd be so much work to make. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, you'd want to find someone to produce it for sure. Yeah, we need someone to do all the heavy lifting on this. Okay. <laughs> so we've broken down that. Should we talk a little bit? I mean, we already mentioned some examples of what the challenges would be. I bet the Goody PPs have, like, already thinking about really good examples of what this episode's challenge will be. Mm -hmm. So I really like something that's a, a team version, you know, where they each person has to do something. I like the kit bash one. I like the speed painting um, where it's like, whether it's 10 minutes or an hour or whatever. Gotta have a batch painting one. Yeah, yeah, a whole unit. Like how, how well is your consistency? Yeah. Like they have a theme, like the thing in Ink Master, it's all about theme. Like sometimes they have a line work one where it's like, it's all really thin, very, organic lines and how well can you draw a nice not scratchy ass lines so yeah basically we got to think of what are all like the categories of miniature painting like what's the full landscape we got units we got speed painting you got like busts you got 75 mil models mm -hmm. you got like really nicely painted 32 mil models mm -hmm. what else is there you could go into the size of the uh, certain things it could be a focus on skin tones be focused on metallics there you go could be a focus, yeah, a focus on atmosphere sometimes you you you, you want to purposely make it a little bit more vague so it's you're going to get not just like 12 different people painting nmm gold because eventually that kind of it's kind of samey same atmosphere oh well how do you interpret what makes an atmosphere in a model right? mm. it could be through lighting it could be through color connection it could be through some other kind of ambiance or whatever so atmosphere could be one okay how many judges three judges one host okay are there different judges each round no it's the same judges the entire show okay um who your who who is like your your bucket list judge for this i think vincey v knows has the most well-rounded knowledge about miniature painting in all of its facets than any other human being on the planet <laughs> I, I like give me somebody that knows more I'm not saying somebody that's a better painter because you know there's a lot of amazing there's painters, always better painters but Vince any give him anything and, and I'm not even just even just talking about painting talking about the gaming talking about the history talking about the companies talking about anything he knows and he's eloquent there you go. So you'd be a, it's the perfect judge for this game. Okay. You know, you also want your three judges to kind of have like different skill sets, right? Different skill sets or different backgrounds or mm -hmm. things like that, you mm -hmm. know? Okay. So you need like your super fancy display painter one. 
Yeah. Who's like very snooty. Uh, it's a very much he's very French accent. <laughs> yes. I do not know why you do this this way. <laughs> we kind of like that guy in the first Star Wars, Phantom Menace, who has like a who like he's like a tiny little gremlin man and is like oh, a, a Grebo. Yeah, Grebo. <laughs> yeah, 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 I don't know what his fucking name is. That, that's great. Something like that. he's like, oh, do any What do I do? I buy some robots. <laughs> so yeah, he's French apparently. Me don't know you're Ride in your big spaceship. <laughs> That's what he sounds like. He yeah. doesn't sound French. I mean, it kind of, okay, well, maybe your French sounds like Grimo then. <laughs> okay. Oh, yes, wee oui, wee. Oui. <laughs> uh, okay, so, um, do we, do, before we jump into judges, do we talk, do we feel like we have a well round? I feel like it's, we could get, and, and it's not, you need 12 topics because when you get to three, the final one is the, their, their, their penultimate diorama piece, but something around nine ish. Um, topics i feel like that wouldn't be that difficult in fact you could do multiple oh, yeah. seasons of this show you have like ones that were like heavy hitters or really awesome ones um that uh you'd keep every season then you'd switch up like five of them or six of them you could even feature a specific manufacturer like in a challenge because even like that would present its own challenges like i feel like Painting a creature caster monster is different than painting a generic 75 millimeter model, even though they're similar sizes. Yeah, it's monster week. Right, yeah, it's monster week. Yeah, yeah. or it's animal so, week or something like that. Yeah. Right, yeah. And so even like, all right, we've 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 given you a selection of monsters from the creature caster range, mm. and you, you're going to paint something in your style to the miniature that best re- kind of reflects what, you want the judges to see, see that showcases you. Mm. Typically, the first challenge in these shows is like, uh, who are you as an artist? Who are you as a tattooist? Who are you as a, as a chef? Like, give us you on a plate, right? And so that, <laughs> you smirking. <laughs> I don't know. Give us you on a plate. <laughs> yeah. Which part are you? <laughs> like cut off an ear. You can have it. Um and so that, you know, it's like, we have the whole studio available for you to pick the colors, to pick the brands, to pick the model, to pick whatever, to show mm-hmm. us the best version of you. And that means, like, the first person kicked off the show is like, that fucking hurts, man. They're like, Ouch, you dude. are the shittiest you of all the you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we want you the least. Yeah, you, we don't like so much. Yeah. Is there a, is there a terrain painting week? Uh, I think... Like there's gonna environment week, baby. Okay. Environment. Make like a maybe like a mini display thing. Yeah, like open to you. I mean, you can have this big thing where it's just little fucking hobbits in the middle, but you have this beautiful little hobbiton. Mm. Awesome. Or you know, the environment is really important, but it's not. It, it it's how it fits into what you painted. Maybe there's these big gnarly roots that are wrapping up around the legs of the robot and and whatever, and you could see the environments alive and trying to stop the mechanation of their natural world. See, I'm just giving all the fucking free advice, free advice to our painters. Dang, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to any showrunners who are listening right now. Right. Yeah. And if you or someone you know works in Hollywood, (laughs) you give them our information. Like, hey, we know like 14 people that would watch this show, okay? All right? This is totally worth the budget. I'm telling you. It'll make money, we promise. Yeah. So I think we got, like, we can come up with some pretty, some great ones. Yeah. There are, I mean, I could probably think of like two whole seasons of different 
topic ideas. Easy. Yeah. Easy peasy. Yeah, there's, a, there's a lot going on. Yeah. Okay. So let's get to judges and then we can get to con- judges, host, contestants. So we have the Technomancer, right? So the, the catalog of knowledge running on an Intel 5 processor that mm. is Vinci V's brain. Mm. Intel 5. Yeah. I mean. The ambiguous Intel 5. Yeah, yeah. It's, okay. it's, 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 it's Intel 5 because his intelligence level is 5. Out of 5. Or, out of, who knows? Uh, who knows? Who knows? Out could of be 7, out of five. maybe. Could be out of 75. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this is not this is a robot. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> so what about somebody that's looking at it from a, like, just when you think of from the pure artistic lens we want to bring some structure to this to have people that aren't necessarily fans of miniature painting but see it as an art form you want a a judge that looks at it through that lens it's not maybe necessarily from the technical side as much as his or her focus but from an artistic level but they also still need to know this medium there's an answer. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm leading you in the question. Well, there is an answer. Th- so I have my own answer to this question, but I don't think it's going to be the same as yours. There are uh, there's a guy I follow on Instagram who paints Marvel characters um, in a hyper realistic way. His name is like Jay Hoon or Jay Hong, um, and he like shows the model next to the physical person because he like gifts them to him and he's like kind of like famous. Oh, is that the dude he paints the big heads? That yeah. look really freaking... It's but also... Uh, yeah, some some JH, something like that. But he also he paints full figures sometimes, I think. Um, that would be the kind of guy who's like a subject matter expert in a field that is like tangential to miniature painting that would like offer really interesting insight that'd be different than a miniature painter would. Is that what you're thinking about or uh, a different kind of thing? I was thinking of Roman the Pot. Oh. Because Roman really looks at it from a lens. Yeah, you're right. From a, a different way. But he still is v- obviously knows so much about miniature painting. Yeah. But I feel the kind – when you listen to Roman talk, he could be talking about such a variety of art forms yeah. in, if you didn't know what yeah, he's referring yeah. to. And obviously his body of work in kind of like reinventing different ways that we think about miniature painting – even like even recently in the last couple of months, him doing the shadow box frame stuff to create these what look like a painting with so much action and movement and whatever of a scene, but they're all miniatures. Like that's as far as I know, at least not from a known level, hadn't been done before. And now it's become very popular in a matter of months. And his work on those are just amazing. You can tell he's looking at it not from uh, from a miniature's perspective, he's looking at it from a composition and a story storytelling perspective. So, I think Roman the Pot is shoo-in. Shoo-in. Right? Okay, yeah, right. I, I agree. Um, I think you need like a young hotshot, like top of the game painter. Yeah, maybe a little shoot from the hip, a little loud and boisterous, a little uh, uh, you know, like the stuff that they say. Sometimes you got to be like, oh Ooh. no, he's gonna rip him a new one. Okay, what is this? Who is, is this? I don't know. Is this, I, I is think this we, Trevarian. Oh God, yeah, Trevarian <laughs> would be really good at that. Yeah. I, I have a couple people that come to mind that would be really good at this. That are not afraid to call a spade a spade, and they're not uh, going to sugarcoat it for you. But they know their shit. Okay, who okay. is who, Trevarian? Is is one? He definitely falls in this category. Low key, just flaming Trevarian yeah, yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. Sorry, Trav. Yeah, uh, you know uh, Ben Cantor. Okay, ben yeah. Cantor knows his shit, award-winning painter. He's not afraid to say, 
what you did there is just this is my Ben Cantor impression. What you did there is not very uh, good. Yeah. <laughs> if you think it's bad, it's bad. Yeah, yeah. So uh, ben, Ben's got a quirky personality too. Uh, Which Traverian, is great for TV. Like, yeah. Like I fucking know, right? Tra- Traverian's just kind of mean. No. <laughs> Oh, no, no. Traverian's got uh, Traverian has got a, a, a wonderful, like, dry, make you question all your decisions in life kind of personality. That in a good way because he's going to push you afterwards and show you you can do it. But first, he needs to let you to know that uh, you need to get better. Mm. Get good. Get good. Um, also, I think of somebody that's got uh, a great library of experience knows their stuff, f- crazy personality, over the top, visually interesting, and not afraid to speak his mind is the one and only Sam Lenz. Sam Lenz. Sam Lenz would be an amazing judge. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. definitely would bring a, like a fun energy to, yes. to the judging panel. Yes, he would. Okay. Yeah. And like, man, you you got that panel, you know, you got you got Vinci V, you got Roman Lapot. You need to balance out the lack of hair. Yeah, from the first two judges yeah, yeah, yeah. with a lot of extra hair, <laughs> and so Sam brings volume, both volume. audibly <laughs> and, and physically. Uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, follically. Okay. That's the word. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so there. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I think we got uh, we got judges, um, and there's others that I know that I'm missing. Like you can certainly have. Um, there's some some wild personalities out there. You could have Banshee would be a great uh, not not afraid uh, judge that also knows his stuff, teaching for a long time. Feedback from Banshee, he's got years of experience, really doing that. He'd be great. He would be great. Um, yeah, and then you could just get into like, oh, let's just get the so, like unabashedly mind blowing artists on there. You get Dave Caldwell on there. Yeah, Arno Lazaro. Arno Lazaro. You yeah. can get Mark Masclon. Yeah, you can get uh, Michael Pisarski. Yeah, you can get the uh, Russian Bear. You yeah. Can get- you need one person like that, I think, who's just like absolutely insane, like skill level painter. Right. The key is though, because we got to interview these judges first too. Right. Like yeah. How well? Because you can be amazing. How well can you communicate that and make good TV? Yeah, that's the that's the problem with the TV shows. They need to be entertaining in some way. Yeah. Like the judge, less so the host, more so. But yeah. like they need to be able to like you know say interesting thoughts yeah and obviously there is there is a, a correct answer for the host as well right they need to be funny me charismatic they need to be unabashedly good looking they need to you know keep the action moving um they need to know just enough about mini painting to pull shit out of their ass you know how you know where he's going with this you know he's setting you know how setting this up yeah i don't know who fits all those criteria and more me <laughs> now honestly a youtuber in the miniature painting world would be great for a host just out of the fact that we spend a lot of time in front of the camera reciting you know lines that we write or someone else writes and trying to make them sound natural so there's a lot of learned experience there which would then really translate into something like this very i well. think that a duo host system in this show would work really well because <laughs> you know as a host, you want to get in there and you want to ask him questions. You want to, you know, have some funs and stuff. But like, it's it's kind of lame if it's just like, you know, like, oh man, they're they're smacking some some wood over there hard today. Yeah, uh, hard smacking, hard wood. smacking wood. Sorry for any construction noises. That's probably the only one you've heard so far. Because um, then you can go back and forth and riff on each other and be mm. like, oh, 
Scott, you know, your horse in this race looks like it's it's Billy over there. <laughs> better better Billy, you better not listen to what Scott says because he sucks at painting. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, how much have you thought about this? A lot. Okay, yeah. This is a very fleshed out idea. Yeah, man. I got, I'm impressed. I got so many ideas. I think You have more ideas than this one big idea? I have so many ideas. I have ideas. like two small ideas. Oh, I have ideas that I need I need uh, somebody to do all the work and I need somebody with all the money. But I could give them the the you know the the keys to the kingdom of gold. You just want 10%. Shangri-La, right. Atlantis. I know where they're at, man. <laughs> Wait, who? The one giving you the money or I know I know where Atlantis is. You know where Atlantis. Is. <laughs> okay, yeah. I just need someone to go get all this stuff, and I need someone to back it up monetarily. This idea is a metaphorical Atlantis. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah, okay. So we got the... Now, I wanted to talk about our contestants, because at first I was like... I feel like there should be no-namers. Yeah, see, that's that's, that's it. Well, at first, my thought was like, oh, we're going to get the heavy hitters from around the world. But then what we don't do that is, because in just in the world of Top Chef... Top Chef, at a certain point, they started a season called Top Chef Masters. It's a spinoff to the regular show. And these are all like award-winning, well-known chefs from around the world that they're all, you know, massive egos. And they've been doing this shit for a long time. So we could have our show, Masters Edition, where we really do run the gauntlet. And then Vince has been flapping his gums as a judge for three seasons. Vince, you're in front of the camera now. You gotta actually paint that space marine, mm. and we get to judge you, judge. Yeah, who would judge the masters? Oh, I keep farting. Stop. Ah, oh, God. Um, I didn't poop at all yesterday. Great. So when we got here, and I had to go, and it was just like, just cleansed your body like a tuba. of all unrighteousness. Yeah, but then my body's now is just like. <laughs> <laughs> It's the, it's the remnants. <laughs> just little, there's just like a little, little barks. There's, yeah, there's like a little trombone. <laughs> then occasionally he's like. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that? Uh, uh, that uh, I think it's a TikTok where it's this teenage kid and his mom walks around and he does the um, the sound effects of her life by playing the trombone and all the different things she does. He's just like. <laughs> it's so stupid and I can't stop laughing at it. Every time she's like walking out to get the mail, I was like. Burp, 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 burp. Is he actually playing a real trombone? Yeah, he walks around with the trombone. <laughs> that is so good. And he's fucking playing the trombone. Oh man. And she like takes the milk out of the milk, out of the fridge and she's got a bowl of cereal and there's only like two spoonfuls of milk in there. And he's like. Wah, wah. Perfect. Like, it's, it's so freaking. I, I don't know. I don't know how you'd even search for this. I don't even know what it's called. But it's <laughs> trombone kid. Trombone kid making fun of mom. <laughs> I'm sure you'll find it. Anyway, yeah, I think you're right. At first, I was like heavy hitters. No, no, that's how we get master's edition. I think it's, <laughs> but it has to be a certain level of like, ex like you need to be committed, right? Of course. Maybe you're like, look, I, uh, I, I want to do box arts, or I started doing box arts. Or I'm a new commission painter, or I have won local competitions, um, or like I've got a commendation or whatever in Golden Demon. No, not, no. not Golden Demon winners, but like they're entering, they want to be good, or then different aspects, right? You want people that are the speed painter army commission dudes. You also want the, you know, the, the Monte Sansovino winner wannabes. And 
everywhere in between. To find the best one, you need a, a wide variety of people that have different backgrounds mm. that focus on different things. Maybe even there's a there's a YouTube an up and coming YouTuber in there or something like that. So you could people from different walks of life, different parts of the world, but also different that, skill level. Yeah, different skill level, different different okay. things that they're okay. that they're, their experience in. Mm. You know? Originally I was thinking that they'd all be kind of approximately the same skill level. And it'd all be kind of people like, I can't remember his name, I'm blanking right now, the guy who was at Golden Demon, who was British, and came with Andy's crew in like Pain of the Fucking Vampires. What's that guy's name? Robin McLeod? Yeah, so basically like like 12 Robin McLeods. Oh, Jesus Christ. You know, so it's like- I don't think there's 12 Robin McLeods on this planet. I mean, I'm sure there is. Um, oh no, he's pretty amazing. I know he's amazing, but there are a lot of people in the world that don't have- Social That's media true. presence, you know, there's they're just, they're just slaying, you know, slaying paint jobs left and right, and they just don't put it on the internet. Yeah. So, I de- there definitely are twelve Rob McClouds, but the question is, is that that would kind of not be super interesting uh, in terms of like what kind of thing they produce like in each episode because it'd be kind of like samey same. Yeah, yeah. I think that you also have to have the bar um, fairly high f- from not like a pro level painter, not like a Slayer Sword winner or whatever. Um, but like, I'll, I'll lump us together here. Roughly our level of quality of at least in the thing that they do well. Why? Because you want the projects that are hot garbage in each episode, but you also want the wow ones and you're not going to get the wow ones. If they're like, I started painting six months ago and I, one day I want to be really good. And when they get out of their comfort zone, because they haven't experienced a lot of these challenges firsthand before, you're going to have some bad looking stuff. Yeah. Um, you got hired because you're the guy that makes hot garbage projects yeah. to make everyone else's look good. Yeah. You're going to last exactly one episode. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so Do you I, think people get hired like for that role? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. Now, sometimes there's this there's a scale of of how good you are at the thing that the show's about and how interesting you're going to make the show from personality and drama standpoint. Mm. And sometimes that's a, that's a, the wholeness of that comprises 100%. Nobody's ever 100% of either, but where do you fall on the scale of a 60, 40, 70, 30, whatever, whatever, whatever. And so you're going to have the guy that's wild and everyone laughs and everybody's doing stuff, <laughs> but maybe he's not as good, but he's still a good person to have on the show. James Wapple. James Wapple. Does he fit somewhere into this? James Wapple would be an interesting judge. I yeah. think James Wapple would be a good ju- guest judge. Uh, Get him on Masters as a contestant. I don't know because he doesn't even. He would probably just be there and just be working on his own projects, <laughs> and then just like he'd finish the whatever challenge and then go back to keep painting and whatever else he was painting <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, yeah, for himself. Yeah, yeah. He's like, screw this noise. <laughs> He's like, hey, I got a Patreon video to get out, so I'm just gonna have my <laughs> phone over here while I'm done. And yeah. Dude, there were so many things that James Waffle would just destroy on in this kind of show mm-hmm. because it's – I like that what we're doing is we're taking so many wide variety of aspects to show how diverse this hobby is. And right. that somebody like a Robin McLeod would like crush on single 32-millimeter model. Like one of the weeks. Yep. Right. And then when it was paint a unit to the – a unit of 10 models to feel cohesive – the same uh, level and to be wowing together as a unit um crap he did that with vampires but um crap crap 
never mind. But there's pain of bust, right? Like how these different sides of the hobby where some people could just crush certain weeks and other weeks like, uh oh, this is a week I just need to keep my head above water to get through. Yeah. You know, it's kind of weird to think about how painters that I really look up to like almost exclusively paint 32 millimeter models. Mm. Like they've never painted a bust in their life ever. And it's like, wow. Like this hobby has such a wide variety of stuff to experience. And some people really kind of just hone in on what they like the most. I just thought of another category, an oil painting week. Oh yeah. See, that one's a little bit more out there. Right. Right. Or oh, it could be like alternative. Um, yeah. It's like alternative materials, pigments, alternative materials, alternative pigments week or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's these wide variety of things. Maybe they just get a limited amount of actually acrylic colors. Yeah. And mm. they're forced to use things like oils, enamels, pigments, um, those color pencil things. The, yes. Uh, all these different things. Like gouache paint, maybe some watercolors if you're feeling crazy. Right. There's all these things at your disposal. You choose and and how many of them you used and the effectiveness that you use them in for your final product goes into the judging. Mm. Right. It's like, well, they only gave us black, white and the primary colors in acrylic, but you still painted most of your stuff is still all in that could be painted amazingly, but you didn't fully take advantage of what the essence of this challenge was. You just said another idea, monochromatic black Uh, and white OSL. Yeah, dude. So many ideas. Dude, this show writes itself. Easy. Writes itself. Okay. Um, Okay. I don't know what else. I feel like we've written. Oh, the most important thing. (laughs) That he forgot until right now. Until right this very moment. (laughs) Is the name of the show. Oh, right. Yeah. And I don't have a name. I can't come up with one on the spot. All of the things that my brain power went into in this, which was thinking about this for the last three or four days and seeing that note uh, that Michael gave us on the topic idea and when I was sitting and working in my painting desk thinking about this and then the drive up here thinking about this. I never thought about the name of the show, but I feel like this is where the the Goody PP Nation helps us. Mm. Okay. So in the comments, or if you're listening and you have a really good idea, just hop on over to, to youtube.com and go in the comment section. <laughs> I wanted to let that joke breathe for a moment. Okay, yeah, like a fine brandy. Yeah, the dad joke. Uh, and, and, and put down your thoughts for ideas for name of the show okay and i know we can come up with one together because names are important you know we're gonna pitch it and we're gonna have like a packet right there's like a packet with papers in it and yep. it's in a clear clear uh cover binder mm. and then it has then it's in, in the fucking times new roman type we're gonna have like we're gonna have like three for each exec in the room yep yep there you go and then uh and we pitch two it's got to have the name so the name has to uh, you don't want it too on the nose because we want this open to people that have no idea what miniature painting is. Mm. It's kind of rad. It's kind of it, it gets to the heart of the matter. It's about the the essence or the feeling of what the show is doing, but not just like I mean, using like words like little and tiny and blah 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 blah. You don't like those words? Are those that's that's good? Okay, I think like that's good. Yeah, yeah because it it's uh, uh, it. it shows what's unique about this without right. being so literal. I wouldn't use figure or model. Yes, or 
Yeah. Yes. Mini is a good word. Because yeah, mini, mini can apply to a lot of things. Yeah. Miniature, no. No. Too long. Um, I actually just thought of another show that I've watched all of that's that's also very, very close, if not the closest version of what this show is that exists today. That's Lego Masters. Lego Masters. You ever watch Lego Masters? No. It's fucking amazing, dude. It's so cool. Yeah. They have a challenge, and they got to fucking make this giant Lego thing, and it's teams of two, but it's building. Yeah, The yeah. whole fucking... Will Arnett is the host. Oh, nice. He's a fucking great host. Okay. Um, so wait, so, okay. We're talking specifically about game shows, right? Uh, reality or, shows. They're not game shows. Reality shows. These are all considered. What does Jersey Shore look like in a miniature painting bend? No, no, no. Like it's a reality in that the real people unscripted, but it's like a reality, reality competition. I think it's called reality competition. I know there's okay. a term for it. Okay. 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 But it's different than fucking love island and below deck okay, okay. It's, it's not the goddamn same thing you watch below deck my wife loves below deck okay yeah i may have seen like a fair number of the seasons of below deck <laughs> it's such hot garbage i know i mean but that's why you watch it yeah. right yeah okay so i have a tiny idea for an oh. episode so oh, first a great all, name for the show a tiny idea tiny tiny ideas okay so we did a thing where we like tried to identify miles touching them blindfold that's funny for a small segment in a show. Mm-hmm. What about looking at a paint job that has like a prominent color and then giving like multiple choice? So like say like a you see a fucking yellow space marine and then there are yellow, different yellow paints and it's like A through D, pick the yellow paint that was used in this paint job, multiple choice. And like there are like these kind of small things because I was watching a lot of like, I don't know if it's Jeopardy or like the price is right or whatever. But, like, an element of them is they have a bunch of small games in the show. It's not one thing they're doing. Yeah, they do. Uh, there are certain ones of these shows that they do their version of what they call, like, a quick challenge or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Where it's it's fast. It doesn't take very much time. It's kind of gamified. And the winner of that gets a slight advantage for the meat of the show, which is, like, their main challenge. Mm-hmm. And so that way you can you can kind of snip it up and you can and keep it lively and have more fun interesting like yeah it's like you get to stare at this model for 10 seconds all my all paints used for this model were games workshop citadel paints look at it for 10 seconds name the exact number of paints how many you can exactly like who's first who got something the like that you could do trivia i mean there's so, there's so much trivia in the yes. miniature painting world that you could definitely go over right. like in a jeopardy style yep um it's like little tiny games like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you can use the word like tiny or mini. Mm. Mini. The it's the mini showdown. Mm, mini the, showdown. This is, the, this is the section of the show where we just do our, our mini showdown. Yeah, yeah. And it gets you like a little. It gets you like little jet boosters in the show. A little, little like maybe like five points put you yeah. over the edge. Yeah. I don't fucking know, dude. What, what, what when you go, you go back to the storerooms. What we call the storeroom is where all all the the supplies are. Yeah. You know, you can pick a paint color if you won the the mini challenge. Oh, yeah, you got like ten. You bucks. pick a paint color. If you pick up a certain paint, a certain paint, or maybe even a little color, nobody else can use that. Yeah, you're the only one that gets to use. Or like, what if it was like, if you use this color, you get like bonus points during the judging round, mm. or like- or you get a bit of information. Maybe there's a twist. Sometimes in these shows, like it's a, it's a maybe it's a ten ten hour challenge. And what they like to do is when there's two hours to go, Lego Masters does this all the time. Two hours to go, they're like, you also need to integrate butterflies into your piece right <laughs> so in the last two hours like oh shit i gotta find some little fucking butterflies and i gotta paint them and find how they'd work if you won the mini challenge you'd secretly know from the beginning 
that butterflies are going to be the secret twist. Mm -hmm. So you can plan for it. It could help you in your planning your whole piece. Yeah. The secret twist at the end is you can only use a triple zero brush Mm -hmm. from now on. Go. It's like, oh, God. Yeah, precision. Oh, precision is a great category for a, for an episode too. Oh you, yeah, you only use the Hobby Lobby special. <laughs> How precise can you be? You get one pack of Hobby Lobby specials. I hope they there's one in there that's got that little single hair that you yeah, can do yeah, some yeah, eyes yeah. with. Yeah. Um, God, this show is so fucking good. Okay, so yeah, we need the help of the Goody PP Nation to come up with the name of our show, and you need to talk to. Lauren Michaels, who makes Saturday Night Live, because I assume he can also make this show. Yeah, and I think he definitely would want to, too. He'd want to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, I feel like we have now completely made the best TV show that's ever been made. And now let's... uh, Thank you for carrying this episode. Because, like, while you were driving over here, I was, like, watching, like, Watch Mojo YouTube videos on, like, the top ten game shows. And I'm like, okay, well, what would this look like in a miniature painting world? Because I don't watch game shows ever. My wife is a huge game show watcher, but I, uh, I've never really gotten into it. Um, if there was one I would recommend from the stuff that we've been talking about that I think you, I think you really would like Top Chef. Because Top Chef is, is really heavy into the cooking side of things. Mm-hmm. And obviously, chefs, there's a lot of quirky personalities, but it's not about over-dramatizing it. Great. Yeah, I'm down 100%. Um, and you get Tom Colicchio as the head judge. Who the heck is that? Man, he's a fucking machine, dude. He's a machine? Yeah, he's a great judge. Does he cook for a certain restaurant or something yeah, like that? He's got like, I don't know, like three Michelin star restaurants or something. Dang. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's it, it's really, really good. You should check that out. Okay. Um, and some like very famous, I mean, I guess what you'd consider famous, uh, famous chefs that started their career from that show really and, and now are like michelin like uh what's his last name is blaze but his first name is did he make blaze pizza no uh i can't think of his name sorry uh he better apologize richard blaze richard blaze is a uh, like michelin star chef now his own restaurant stuff and started from this show that's pretty cool. and he's not the only one but anyway you need to watch uh top chef okay it's on bravo you know how you watch Project Runway, or mm-hmm. you did at one point? I have a version of that, and I think we probably talked about it before at some point. I, I watched a lot of America's Next Top Model with, oh, Ty- with Tyra, Tyra, Tyra Banks. Banks. I did not watch that. So, like, in the beginning, there was, like, very little drama, and it was kind of, like, just kind of cool. But then, like, the later seasons got really dramatic. I, I don't understand what is the substance of that show. It's like, oh, you walked down the runway. She walked down the runway. Mm. It's just like, who's going to eat less leaves of lettuce today? Like, <laughs> I mean, honestly, from what I know of that show, they're all super skinny, tall ladies that walk. Like, I don't know. At some point, what are we critiquing here? Their ability to model. Oh. So, uh, like, they'll do, like, uh, photo shows. shoots. They'll do photo shoots. They'll, like, do different products. They'll do different, like, categories, different brands. And never best models with like whatever given props. Maybe maybe it's photos. <laughs> yeah, like like a we like, can take the best picture with this puppy. Literally, there there is a there was a week show ever. where they had uh like they each had a dog and each dog had like a theme with it. So like a guy had a husky and he was in like a winter setting and I was like doing like you know imagine doing like a shoot for like REI or something like I was that. Like dude models too. Oh yeah. Um. Like they do sometimes when it's photos, sometimes when it's, when it's videos. Maybe they'll do like an ad shoot, like a fake ad shoot, and see if you could do that best. There's like a lot of modeling skills they, please, they test. Please tell me that 
the personality level of the male models was what I would expect it to be. That they are just, they Super are, flamboyant. they are, uh, what the fuck is that Ben Stiller movie? Zoolander. Zoolander. They are fucking Zoolander. I'm sure there was a dude or two that, were, that was like that, but I can't really remember. The, I only watched maybe one season with dudes in it. It was all chicks otherwise. Okay. They got really angry, you know. I'm sure it's drama because they're all, their livelihood in their situation in life is all really focused and based on their, their aesthetically pleasing, right? That they're, they're pretty people. Have you seen Neon Demon, the movie? No, I have not. Neon Demon. It's a cool name for a You've movie. You've seen Drive, right? I've seen Drive. Drive's done by a director named Nicholas Winding Refn, and he made a movie called Neon Demon, which is about the modeling industry, and it's about how cutthroat it is, um, speaking about models being mean. Um, and it's it's violent. Uh, I, they probably don't do the things they do in that movie, but it's like a, kind of like a peek inside of like how you punch each other in the face. How I mean, like, you can't get in a photo shoot now with their black eye. Way worse than that. Oh, they stab each it's, other. It's, with it's a horror stiletto movie. Stiletto heels. It's good. I recommend it if you want to watch it. It's kind of out there, um, but it's good. Yeah, I, mean, I could I could see that with uh, Drive has got certain aspects to it that are, yeah, I, are kind of out there, not yeah. fully. Oh, yeah. that was a two. No, oh, I didn't hear it. Luckily, get the fuck off my knee, you <laughs> fucking slut. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's get on to the news. News. That one smells terrible, dude. It smells like. Oh my god, it smells like marmite in here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're at the news. Uh, John and I are teaching a class, a singular class at LVO. It'll be our first time at the Las Vegas Open, and we're bringing the Duchess. We're going to teach the Duchess for you mm, in mm. two days. You better bring your shit. Yeah, so this is the same class we taught in Minnesota that we have curriculum already planned for. Um, and, yeah, you get the model. You get a laminated PDF that has, like, a quick reference guide about each of the steps and also the techniques used. Um, the whole class, like, curriculum and what we teach is on the LVO website, or it will be at some point. I don't know when it's actually going to go up. If it's up, it'll be linked down in the show notes if it's there. But yeah, if you're interested and you're going to be at LVO, come hang out. When is LVO? <laughs> January. Oh, okay. I was thinking it was this summer. And no. Was okay, cool, no. cool, cool. That's a great time to get out of Minnesota for a little while. I know, yeah. Um, all right, so we'll talk more about this as we get closer. Yeah. But yeah. I want to emphasize why people would take this class. Mm. There's a couple reasons why our class is better than any other miniature painting class. Better than any other one. That's ever been made or ever will be made. Yes. A big part of it is, is there's both of us there. Right? Yes. Is that we are always hovering over your shoulder. Breathing down your neck. Breathing down your neck and telling you sweet nothings you to make up. you build up your confidence. Not so, there, no! So at any given time... One of us will be up there uh, teaching, walking through, giving examples and all this stuff. And you'll be able to come up and ask questions and see it really up close, right like six inches from Scott's paintbrush. But then as we're working, at least one of us and other times, both of us will always be going around. So you're going to get the most uh, instant feedback, the most ability to, to ask any question you have for us to ask questions to you. Because sometimes I know when I've been in classes, I didn't know I had a question if a smart teacher will come around and be like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, why did you do that? And I'm like, oh, shit, why did I do that? Mm -hmm. And it's not about it being wrong. It's about trying to get consciously think about the decisions that I'm making that will help me long term. So there's a big part of that. Two, 
we don't take this stuff entirely seriously, so we're gonna have a lot of fun over the two days too. Mm -hmm. That's my job, is to make sure you have a hell of a good time. You're gonna get better at painting, you're gonna have a model you're proud of at the end, but we're gonna have fun, God yeah. damn it. That's God what we're here damn for. It. It's like the last thing I want to do is to have uh, you go through a class and feel all super stressed and just be like, yeah, we, we, I think I learned something. But it's like I want you to look back on this experience and just feel like this was an awesome experience overall. Mm -hmm. Right. That's it. And finally, we're going to make fun of each other the whole time. Yeah. Well, that's part of the fun. The real number three is oh, we yeah, have yeah. an insurance policy built into the class and we don't finish the model inevitably mm -hmm. you get access to a digital course that shows the entire paint process for the miniature so if you want to see another part in detail or a part that we didn't get to it's there yeah. I, I don't know of another class that offers that yeah and uh part 3b oh, is I, relation to that mm. is um we put a lot of fucking hours mostly scott we put a lot of fucking hours in developing this course. Oh, the curriculum and we kind of we both worked on. Yeah, that's true. The so, assets I made. But so yeah, yeah, I'm fifty one forty nine on the on that. But uh, we like this is not a fly by the seat of your pants. We'll just kind of you know go as we go thing. Like we have points we want to hit. We want things we really want you to grasp. We we have all this stuff written out. We have figured out how we want to approach this. Everything was done in the back end with with more like adulting approach to things than we do in just about anything else. <laughs> and so we really want to teach this class because we did a ton of work for it and then fucking COVID hit. Yeah. And we haven't got to, to teach it, you know, in forever. So it's a, it's a decent model. So. It's decent. <laughs> it's all right. There are, it, it could be better. Is your mic stand falling over? Yeah, it is. Uh, move that sandbag, maybe. Okay, news. Yeah, so we're teaching that class. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't, do you know if signups are available yet? I do not know. I know that I had to supply um, the organization with like the, the description, like the, the amount of days, uh, like how big our class is, what it costs. I had to give them all that information yesterday uh, because it was like it was due sometime soon. So I, I imagine it'll be soon. Okay. Well, in an upcoming episode, once we confirm it is live, um, we'll let you know, but also if you go to the LVO Las Vegas open website, I'm sure you'll be able to kind of bookmark that or something if you want to, cause we're going to have probably roughly like 20 slots, 24, 24. That's what I signed up for. Perfect number. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know why I picked 24. Cause it's a, the greatest Kiefer Sutherland show ever. <laughs> okay. No idea who that is. No, I'm just kidding. I do, uh, but I can't picture him right now. Uh, next thing you wrote on here, uh, <laughs> Kingdom Death has an uh, order on demand 50 millimeter mini for sale. That's through June 7th. As soon as this went live, I went out there and I ordered this because I didn't know it was going to be open for so long a period of time. And I ordered another dude. But this model, this particular female warrior is one of my favorite female KDM sculpts that they've ever done. It looks really nice. It's really, really cool. I'm a little bit nervous on their print quality because they're still using fucking printers from that were like really high end expensive printers like 10 years ago though. Mm. So I feel like from what ones I've gotten from KDM recently, if I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, my Sonic Mighty 8K can print better than their printers. Wow. And it's kind of, we'll see though. I, I It's not bad. And hopefully the, the layer lines are, are not a concern, but I love that model. So yeah, by the time this video is out, uh, this episode is out, that won't be available anymore. No, it's, there's a stock limit. 
It doesn't say anything about a date limit. Yeah. It says that there will be printing to order till June seventh. Orders for this product after placed after June second will not ship until the fourteenth. We are fabricating it on demand until June seventh. That's what that means. Why is there a stock limit then? That's probably just the way that their online store has to set stuff. Oh, well, that's dumb. Uh, my okay, whatever. All right, here's a cool model though. It's a, it's an interesting scale, different for KDM. Yeah, Definitely and it, check it out. The fact that they're doing enough of these that are going to be on demand, meaning that it will be more readily available in a secondary market, which yeah. means if you missed out on it and you're listening to this now, it's the first time you've heard about this. You'll be able to go out and probably get it on eBay or something like that. Can only at, buy one though, um, at a more reasonable price. Okay. Yeah, but I bet if I went, I ordered one. I bet if I went through and ordered again today from a second order, they'd probably send me one. But it's going to have shipping, and their shipping isn't necessarily cheap. Right. Um, next point of order. Next point of order. TTC, which is the company that made that like uh, vampire game that I bought miles from, and Josh bought miles from, and Adepticon. Oh yeah, yeah has a IP dispute with Secret Weapon that is preventing Secret Weapon from fulfilling their Kickstarter. So they made this Secret Weapon? Yeah, the I late Secret Weapon. They're not around. They're not. But they have they have a Kickstarter campaign that they that they are fulfilling. Um and uh Spiky Bits wrote an article on this. Oh, and I was like, okay, this is actually interesting. Um and I linked that below. Basically Sigurdsson made this product called these HD bases, which are like effectively pre-painted bases that you kind of just stick a model on. They have really cool textures because the limitation is like, what can you print, you know, on like sure. a, on a printer essentially. Um, and so it looks really cool. And TTC is disputing that they either own or came up with the idea for those HD bases, and it's stopping them from fulfilling their campaign. The people who bought them. Oh no. And. So I haven't read TTC side of this, but the article shared Jason's opinion, who says they're wrongfully disputing the IP that he, you know he didn't steal its idea from any one person. Um, like paint bases that are already painted. Like there are other companies that already do that. Like Gamers Grass, I'm pretty sure does that too. Well, this is different. Gamers Grass like has literal, literally painted bases with like texture oh. and stuff. I think this is like more of like a. Who makes the 3D models that come like Hero Forge? It's kind of like the Hero Forge version of bases. It's like colored. It's not colored plastic necessarily, but it's like whatever they were printed on is the color. Kinda, yeah. Okay, um, that would make sense then if they had a proprietary technology. Of how so to do yeah, that. yeah. But it's like also Hero Forge has that technology for their own Kickstarter that they did for minis. So you, you it's a different thing if it's minis and if it's bases, or maybe it's a different system or a different technology, and that's why they they can do that but either way that's weird that it's you can do it at this p- junction yeah. that the kickstarter's been funded and ended and yeah i guess you can get slapped with a with a with the dispute at any point right yeah i mean it kind of makes sense kind of like neener neener i already did sold it last week right yeah but apparently they've been dealing with this for a while and jason hasn't said anything about it publicly but he's gotten to the point where he can say something about it publicly now um but yeah, a little, a little bit of goss there between companies. Well, yeah, he's got to take take one for the road before he goes under in his business. I mean, he's already under, so this kind of feels like beating a dead horse. Like literally, it's yeah. like how yeah. how valuable really is this idea that you need to like really kind of bury this guy, even even if it was your idea, you know? I don't yeah. know. Well, if this isn't allowed to happen, then in theory you have however many 
thousands or hundreds or whatever people that back that that want that have shown that they want that product right now they could buy your product <laughs> i suppose so you know it's 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 a market share kind of a thing and anyway uh next up cyberpunk 2077 has a game and of course simon's making it and it's gonna be a board game and it's gonna come out on kickstarter <sighs> great <laughs> So for fans of that aesthetic, you're going to get a board game I that like is going to be I above like, average. I like Cyberpunk 2077. Do you? Got yeah, a lot of I, heat when it came out. Uh, it's a really fun game. Okay. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I didn't. I obviously didn't beat it because it's one of those games where it's like open world and you get so sidetracked in every little thing in this super bustling world that you're like, ah, oh, shit, what was the main quest? <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> I don't care anymore. I'm just going to go try to find cool guns and then beat up gang people and get a cool <laughs> car and... The cyberpunk version of GTA, essentially. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah okay. basically. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know what that CMOD version of that game looks like, though. That, I mean, yeah, you do. I think you know exactly what I it looks I think I do like. know exactly what it looks <laughs> yeah, like. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right, I do. Um, and I'm not interested, personally, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I could see why there's a market for why, that. Why are you not interested? It's not because the product is, like, bad, right? No, it's just, like, what would I envision it being is similar to the way the game works so there's probably gonna be like a quest structure and like random and fight random encounter fights and then in the mission you got to go through and sneak in or shoot this person or disable the whatever or whatever and it's like i don't know maybe it is, now that i think about it maybe it is not that bad <laughs> maybe it's like, cool maybe it's cool yeah i mean it definitely could be cool none of us have played or seen the models but i think i've gotten to the point and maybe the market's getting to the point where we're a little bit saturated on like Americana style board games with CMON quality plastic models. You know, yeah. there are so many of those games in that like 90 to $120 range. It's like, man, do we need more? So, I mean, the answer is always yes. You know, of course we do. Yeah. There's, there's always fans of certain subgenres that you can make board games about that will always do well, but it's just yeah. like, I, I don't need it personally. I think it's an interesting IP to have, now out here in the the realm for for us so agreed and then what are you going to know next one's going to be top gun seamon board game <laughs> yeah exactly you get little fighter jets <laughs> and you get vampire tom cruise cause that never ages and he gets to fly the fighter jet have you seen that movie yet i have not i haven't seen it either i've heard great things have you yeah i heard it's really really good by multiple people whose opinions i respect oh, so nice um I'm just excited that it's a movie that's doing really well at the box office and like more than really well. It's destroying at the box office. Biggest four day opener ever. Dang. That's not a fucking stupid ass superhero movie. I'm <laughs> so ready for those things to be done. So ready. Yeah. I mean, it's not that I dislike superhero movies. I especially like the Batman movies because it's badass. But all they do is they suck up all the oxygen in the room. They suck up all the availability of cool ideas for anything action-based, adventure-based, drama, thriller, suspense, all that stuff. And it's like, okay, well, we could make $600 million to make Ant-Man 3, or we could come up with this other cool idea that's unique and it's a different take and maybe there's more depth to it. We just follow the fucking money. It's like... You're saying Disney could put their resources in better stories, is what you're saying. I I don't yes. think it I don't think it sucks all the room out of like the industry. Like I don't think because Marvel movies exist, other directors can't make cool stuff. But you, I, I mean, I, I get what you're saying though. If it's like 
Disney could put their money toward other things. Like, it's, but it's not Willow. just it's not just Disney because what that does is it creates this snowball effect of expectations by any company. And so when you think about it, back to like like the '90s and stuff, when you'd see in even '80s, you think about these really interesting, cool movies, things like Aliens or Predator or True Lies or Die Hard or there's a million of them. That they're all like an individual story. It's not related to some bullshit, whatever. Because it's that are uh, great movies, even if they're just action movies or whatever, because they're individual stories being told. Now, everything feels like it needs to be pulled back into some higher connectivity. And yes, we're looking at DC and Marvel. That's two of them. Oh. But then all these other movies are trying to pull back into something instead of coming up with a cool, unique take. Terminator, another great fucking example. Like Terminator, we're not going to get like a cool new story that's like like Terminator was or like Total Recall and all these like great movies of the 90s that was like, well, we're all fucking. Yeah. The need for a cinematic universe, essentially. Yes. Are you are you saying you're not interested in the Scream cinematic universe? Because that's a thing. Nor the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it gets it's, a bit, it's a bit much. Yeah. There, but it feels like there's a lot of like amazing the amount of amazing like drama movies that when I think of like Academy Awards, like wow movies, it's just getting less and less number of those each year. It's either like you get the indie stuff, the A4 kind of stuff, and then you get these massive shit. Yeah. And there's not like this in between where it's like the Forrest Gumps of the world. I don't know. I feel like there, I feel like that exists. There's not as many of them. All right. And those are typically like, well, you got to figure out what's a, badass movie that Meryl Streep or Billy Bob Thornton or Daniel Day-Lewis or whatever, what movie are they going to make every other year? And outside of those big ones, there's not much. No, you're right. In, in the indie stuff, there is a lot of really good movies. So I don't know. I'm just old man crotchety. On yeah, my, you're my, definitely old man crotchety right now. On my rocking chair outside the Blockbuster video. Like, I, I want I want the, the artistic versions. <laughs> You just want the 90s again. What you want. I want the fucking 90s, yeah, dude. Don't, don't lie to me. I want everything 90s, bro. <laughs> I'd open my own blockbuster movie tomorrow dude. if I knew I wouldn't go bankrupt in six <laughs> months. I love it. Last news item. Our homeboy, Jeremy, from Black Magic Craft has this like deal with XPS Supply where he has a website, a standalone website, where he sells high-density foam for making train with. And apparently it's rated for like extra density which means that when it's carved it holds detail better and it's it's more dense than the foam you would find at like home depot or like a supply store and you can get it in a variety of thicknesses and stuff that he uses um it's pretty cool actually so if it's the stuff that he uses so it, it existed before this special yeah formula? yeah uh okay. i don't know if it's a special formula uh, more so, it's just like a collaboration. Does it have his face on the foam? No, it doesn't. But like, it comes in convenient sizes. So, like, if you were to buy this foam, it would probably come in an eight by four sheet, which is just like not. That's too big, right? right. Anything other than using it to make a full table. Yeah, exactly. So these come in two foot by two foot, and they come in like uh, two inch thicknesses, four inch thicknesses, um, like. You know, 12 inch thicknesses. Yeah, exactly. You know, di different varieties. And he has different crush resistance. So different densities. He has a 60 PSI one and a 25 PSI one. So a lot of fun variety and a convenient size for making terrain. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. cool. I'm, I'm happy for him that he, he could like land that deal. You know, it's, it's a cool yeah. thing to have. Yeah, it's it's a, like, look, this is a thing you guys make. We're a, a niche audience that really uses it for this reason. Why can't we work together to really bring 
bring it to the people. Exactly. Exactly. He's doing the old green stuff world routine. Look, this is a thing that exists. But we're going to slap a green stuff world logo on it. I'm going to make it more convenient for more convenient for everybody. Everybody. Yeah. No, that's really cool. I'm yeah. pr- uh, proud of you, Jeremy. Proud of you, Jeremy. <laughs> proud. I want that one foot by one foot cube version, please. <laughs> I just want to I want to open a box and it's just a cube of foam. It's 12 <laughs> inches by 12 inches by 12 inches. Yeah. What are you going to do with this? I don't know. I'm making a, a six-sided dice out of it. It's <laughs> good. Just put in the little dots and just roll it across the room. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably get dinged a little bit. No, I'm gonna get the one that's got the highest highest density. Giant, giant. Why well, you get like a plushy die? Yeah, dude. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Welcome to the end of the podcast. Thank you for sticking all the way to the end. If you like our show and you want to support it, there are a number of ways to do it. You can do it freeway. Whoa. You can go on the freeway or the expensive way. Uh, for freeways, you can watch our show uh, whitelisted. Uh, you can do that through various browsers. We play an ad every 30 minutes. You can tell your nerd friends about our podcast. Uh, you can also rate us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate that. And if you got some bucks you want to throw our way, you can buy our merch, which is linked down in the show notes below. You can also support us on Patreon. Yeah. Oh, yes. There's a little mug right we there. We got muggy mugs. We got shirty shirts. We got long sleeve shirty shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got. We need to still come up with the leggings, dude. Oh, yeah. We should do... Uh, see, I was thinking about this because I thought about Marmite and thought about Patreon rewards. I was like, if we get uh, X number of, of, of patrons, goody peepees that support us on Patreon, which you can do for like a dollar or five dollars or something. It's not very many dollars. Um, <laughs> we, could, we could have rewards. Um, and I think one of them is that we make the leggings uh, like goody pp leggings and then we have to wear them in an episode i think if we could convince an artist to make a i don't know what the word is but like a block of sprue texture that when you duplicate it it's like it's uh it's endless and what if you just had like black sweatpants but with endless sprue texture all over the whole thing it's like a puzzle piece and then they top on the booty top on the booty right in the booty. Oh, yeah 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 okay so yeah, if we if we get to six hundred patrons, that's like less than a hundred what we have. How many we have five hundred? Yeah. God damn. I think. Maybe we don't. I don't know. I thought we had more than that. Uh, <laughs> I actually have no idea. Okay, I'm gonna look He's it up. gonna look it up and I'm gonna explain what you get for being a patron. You okay. get access to an extended episode where it's about twenty to thirty minutes longer, where we talk about things like what John is smoking in a smoker. Uh, but more, <laughs> n- more actually, we give feedback to one of our patrons. Uh, we also talk about new things we tried out and experimented with in the last week. And we also share with you models from other painters that we have found in the last two weeks and enjoy. Yeah. Okay. We are at 498 patrons right now. Oh, dang. So if we get to 600 patrons, we will make the sweatpants slash uh, yoga pants. Are you going to do this? Um, we'll we'll find an artist to make the the puzzle piece that you're talking are you, about. Are you gonna find us artist? Uh, we'll we'll get a goody pee pee. We'll find a goody pee pee. <laughs> I think Jonathan Retka could do it. Look yeah, at his look at his great work. Yeah. He's basically make a puzzle piece that it, they all fit together that are sprues, and then it says trapped under plastic on the buttocks. There might be a way to repurpose the current logo to do that. Uh, I'll, I'll look into it because I know the lo- the art comes in separate layers and there is just a sprue layer. Yeah. Maybe I can chop it up in a way that yeah. makes it Okay, so that's 600 patrons. Tileable. We get to 750 patrons. We'll do a whole episode naked. We'll each <laughs> eat a full spoonful of Marmite straight. I mean, I'll just do it right now. 
yeah, he's a big talker. <laughs> Dude, I want, I want, I want more patrons. <laughs> <laughs> like full spoonful, like keeping spoonful, live on an episode. And if we barf, we won't edit it out. Well, we'll edit it out, but we'll keep the sound. Yeah, some the it puking would, sound. It would be so terrible. It'd be so strong. I know. I would just all I think of now is canned dog food and soy sauce. That's what's that's what this is. Like if you're like, I don't know what Marmite is. I don't know what it smells like. I don't know what it tastes like. Just think, okay, go buy a fucking can of Elpo and add some soy sauce to it and take a big spoonful. That's what this shit is. Seven hundred and fifty patrons will will Eat most of this jar in one giant spoonful each. Oh, God. Okay, that's a lot. I said heaping spoonful, bro. Okay, yeah. I won't do that right now. No, you're not going to do that right now. You I'll do that talk part. big now. You won't even enjoy your tendies in 30 minutes. Oh, my God. Because yeah. you just obliterate. can't get that shit out of your mouth. No. That's it. That's all we have. Thank you for your support. Thank you, Goody BBs, for hanging out once again. And we're going to be back in a fortnight. And until then, we'll catch you on the flippity flop.